Bill Belichick was asked today at his press conference, what is it that makes Antonio Brown so special? His answer? Everything. Always so elaborative, that Bill Belichick. You found the Crowley Show where your mom listens, and you should too. 412-922-2874 is the number to call, or you can join the cast of Dozens and follow me on Twitter at underscore Adam Crowley. I gotta disagree with my man Stan Saverin from earlier today. He was talking about the Steelers needing to run the ball to keep Tom Brady off the field, and I think that that is an antiquated viewpoint. I don't think you gotta run the ball to keep Brady off the field. You can throw the ball to keep Brady off the field. The Steelers controlled the clock versus the Pats in 2011 by throwing the ball 50 times. That kept Brady off the field. Steelers had 39 minutes of possession. Steelers held the ball for 34 minutes against the Ravens and threw it 66 times. There's no need to run the ball to control the clock. Hell, the Ravens had 100 more rushing yards than the Steelers last week and held the ball for nine less minutes. Hello! However, Le'Veon Bell is instrumental in the Steelers' ability to keep Brady off the field. When Ben's at his best, when this offense is playing at its highest level, the ball is going to Le'Veon Bell. Bell has 35 receptions the last four weeks. Is it any coincidence that the Steelers' offense has looked good the last four weeks? No. Bell had 40 catches in the team's first nine games. Man, I've led this charge all year long. Bell in the passing game is the way to go, y'all. Ben has been great going downfield to A.B. in recent weeks. Brown has 39 catches to lead the league in that time period. But Bell's second. 35 catches for a running back in four weeks is almost unheard of. But that's when the Steelers' offense is performing at their peak capability. Ben is at his best when he's not trying to be a hero and take unwarranted deep shots down the field, not trying to force the ball into situations where he shouldn't be forcing the ball. Le'Veon Bell moves the chains. Le'Veon Bell can also create big plays from a low-risk reception. He scored on a 35-yard catch-and-run against the Bengals. That's a play made out of the backfield. How about what he's done as a wideout? Against Baltimore, he scored his first touchdown of the game as a wide receiver running a slant pattern. He was targeted on a fade and drew a pass interference on the two-point conversion. He was targeted on a back shoulder throw at 31-20 in the end zone, and the DB should have been flagged. There's more. The Dolphins used the Drake at running back, lined up at wide receiver against New England, and he killed them all day long. It made the Patriots declare man coverage. It left a linebacker on Drake in coverage all the way out by the boundary. The Patriots are typically the kings at creating matchup problems. The Steelers have done a lot of it in recent weeks and should continue to do the same thing against New England. Run the ball. Maybe if it's there, but control the clock by throwing. That's how you beat these guys. And you gots to put up a whole bunch of points. 412-922-2874. Tweet me at underscore Adam Crowley. Isn't that what it's all about? Outscore these bitches. Keep the ball out of Brady's hands, sure, but outscore them. And I love Stan. He's a mentor to me. Doesn't mean I can't disagree with him. 
Doesn't mean that I can't have my own opinion. My opinion is do what's been working, which is sling that pigskin around. You can control the clock that way. We learned that when we watched the West Coast offense for the first time. You can dink and dunk it all the way down the field and control the clock. Or you can do what the Steelers have been doing lately, which is convert first downs. Be efficient on third down, which is something that they finally were in this last game. And then you can still take your shots. But they had the ball nine minutes longer than Baltimore, and Baltimore ran the ball for 100 more yards than Pittsburgh did. Running the ball doesn't always equal chewing the clock. The Steelers might run no huddle. In fact, I think they'll run a bunch of it against New England. But it doesn't mean that they're going to run hurry up. It doesn't mean that the Steelers are going to snap the ball with 15 seconds left on the play clock every single time. That's not what this is. Ben Roethlisberger goes to the line. He surveys what the defense is doing, and he has the ability to change the play. If there's guys stuffing the box, he's chucking it. More likely than not to A.B. If it looks like they've got a couple of safeties back and they're going to be doubling, The guy's on the outside. He's going to hand the football off. We don't need to overthink this. And the time aspect of all this, to me, is secondary to the point aspect. You have got to score against this team. If you do not, you will get embarrassed. You won't just lose. You'll get embarrassed. You go back three times ago when the Steelers played the Pats. Steelers were three and five. And Brady put up 55 on him. Go back last year to the AFC Championship game. Tom Brady put up 38 on him. Go back to the game to lead off the season two years ago. Brady put 28 on him. But if the Steelers had pushed back a little bit more, I feel like Brady could have got a couple more too. They're going to score their points. I don't care how Brady's played these last couple of weeks. They're going to score. The Steelers' defense is not that good. Joe Hayden might come back, although he had pain today when he was out there through the walkthrough. He's got a rigorous practice tomorrow, wants to check it out. If it's a pain tolerance thing, shoot him up and get him out there. If it's a re-injury thing, don't. But if he's not out there, that makes a Swiss cheese Steelers' defense Even more Swiss cheese. No Ryan Shazier. No Joe Hayden. Mike Mitchell is hobbled. You're rotating in Arthur Motes and Sean Spence at the inside linebacker position. The Patriots are scoring. The Patriots will put up points. I don't care if the Steelers play press man. I don't care if they play zone. It doesn't matter what they do. The Patriots are going to score because right now the Steelers personnel isn't great. So whether the Steelers take eight minutes off the clock with every drive or two minutes off the clock with every drive, they need to put the ball in the end zone. And the best way for them to go about doing that is throwing the thing all over the damn place. Last year down the stretch, the Steelers subscribed to this game plan, Stan's game plan, which was hand the ball off to Le'Veon Bell, and it worked. Le'Veon Bell was averaging 148 yards a game. Whoa. It helped the Steelers' defense tremendously. 
it kept the other team off the field. But the point totals weren't exactly huge. The Steelers can still hang on to the football now without running the football. The Steelers can still score when throwing it 66 times. That's the most important thing at the end of the day. Putting up 40 points of your own. If you can put up 40, you got a really good chance to win. If you put up 30, I don't know if it's going to be good enough. You hear all the time, keep Brady off the field, keep him off the field, keep him off the field, keep him off the field. Okay, score. That's what you gots to do. 412-922-2874. Tweet me at underscore Adam Crowley. Would you rather have Tom Brady or Bill Belichick? Which one of these guys stirs the drink, do you think? Which one of them is the bigger threat? To me, it's a slam friggin' dunk. To me, it's not even close. It's Tom Brady, hands down. Think about this defense that New England has. A lot of holes. They don't rush the passer well. They don't stop the pass. 29th in the National Football League in stopping the pass in terms of yardage. They don't stop the run. They're 24th in the league. They don't really stop you at all. They're 29th overall. So how have they been able to overcome their shortcomings? The quarterback. He's got a passer rating of 109. This despite being not great for the last two weeks. A great quarterback's like a giant eraser. One of those big old pink pearls. Look at what the Packers were without Rodgers. How about the Texans without Watson? Where would the Seahawks be without Wilson? All those teams have flaws. And two of those teams have been exposed. The Seahawks have a terrible line. They've got a banged up secondary. And yet they're still alive in the playoff race because their quarterback's having an MVP caliber season. I'll take the QB every single day. Look at what Andy Reid's done. Hell of a freaking coach. Great coach. Great schemes. But he's never gotten his teams farther than they should have gone. And he's never won the big one. Why? He's never had a great quarterback. Donovan McNabb was fine. Alex Smith is fine. Mike Zimmer's gotten a lot out of the Vikings. That's a really talented roster, but they won't win at all. Why? Because they don't have a great quarterback. Bill Cowher was always known as a coach who couldn't win the big one. Remember? He finally did when he got a Hall of Fame quarterback. It's not a tough nut for me to crack. As much as Belichick is praised for the Patriots, they're not even in the same galaxy without Brady. So what say you? Who's the bigger threat? Who'd you rather have, Belichick or Brady? 412-922-2874. Tweet me at underscore Adam Crowley. Terry Bradshaw is being a big old baby again. He went on with Tiki and Tierney. And he criticized Mike Tomlin somewhat. He said, I don't care about him. I don't care what he thinks. I'm not going to apologize for my cheerleader comments. Here's the deal, dude. You sound like a 13-year-old girl who didn't get invited to a birthday party. You know he's jealous, right? Bradshaw's a prick, man. He just is. He didn't go to Dan Rooney's funeral. What a jag-off. He didn't go to Bill Nunn's funeral. He didn't go to Chuck Knoll's funeral. 
He knocks the organization at every possible moment. You know why? Because he's jealous of Ben. Now, all of this goes back to him getting his little tiny feelings hurt by Chuck Knoll. But now he's jealous because this town has embraced Ben Roethlisberger as the greatest quarterback in franchise history. Go to a tailgate. Look at the jerseys. You see Ben's everywhere. You see all the current Steelers everywhere. But if you look at the throwbacks, you rarely, if ever, see Terry Bradshaw. You just don't. Mean Joe Green. You see him all the time. Jack Lambert. Jack Ham, these kind of guys. Not him. You even see Franco Harris. You see Rocky Blyer. You don't see Terry Bradshaw because he's a doofus. Now, I can't wait to see his new movie. I bet you it's hilarious, but he's a jackass. And because of that, this town hasn't embraced him. This town doesn't look at him as the number one quarterback of all time. But I won four Super Bowls. Bro, a couple of them you were instrumental in, no doubt. You also had the greatest defense of all time. He's jealous. He's petulant. He's acting like a child. We'll get to that coming up at 5 o'clock at 5.20 to look at the history of the Steelers and the Patriots, we've got Bob Labriola of Steelers.com. Coming up next, we got Ray Fittipaldo of the Post-Gazette. Don't go anywhere. It's the Crowley Show. <laughs> Boss Dog tweets at underscore Adam Crowley. The way you beat the Patriots is the same way the Steelers beat them in 2004. Constant pressure on Tom Lady. Hashtag rush the quarterback. Boss then added, You're not old enough to speak on Terry Bradshaw, and I'm too old to take the time to explain it to you. Well, you took the time to call him Tom Lady. I don't really want your opinion on Terry Bradshaw, boss dog. He's a big baby. That's a fact. Let's go to Steve in Providence before we get to Ray Fittipaldo. What's up, Steve? Hey, what's going on, man? How you doing today? I'm good, dude. You're calling from New England, huh? Yeah, I'm a proud Steelers fan since, uh, I would say, about age nine. I'm originally from Maryland, though, but we didn't have a team for all those years. So, you know, Barry Foster was probably one of my favorite Steelers, you know. He was only with us for a few years before he went down to uh, Carolina. Sure. What's on your mind? Hey, man, I, I just want to say I agree 100%. You know, we, we have the Patriots are going to score points. We know, and it's all Brady. You know, Brady just has that. I don't know, he just, he's comfortable whenever he plays us. And I know someone just tweeted, you know, back in 2004, I remember that. Was it Halloween night? I it was. It like it was yesterday. And, uh, yeah, we disrupted him, but we also scored points, you know. Puckfield Burris had a nice catch that game. We were all over the field. So what we have to do, we have to execute. We can't have these little drives where, you know, we get to midfield and then we have to punt it. You know, we can't, you know, get into the red zone or the field goal range and kick it for three you got to score touchdowns, period. Yeah, you're right about that, Steve, and I appreciate the call. Got to get to Ray here, but you can't have those drive-killing penalties. You can't have the drive-killing sack. You can't allow yourself, whenever you have an opportunity to get points, to squander them. 
And I know that Stan earlier on in the day was talking about how you need to run the ball to control the clock. If you can control the clock, great. But the number one priority for me is scoring points. Joining me now to discuss from the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette, he is Ray Fittipaldo. Ray, thanks for taking the time, man. Hello, Adam. How are you today? I'm great, dude. Hopefully you're not out there caught in the snowstorm. Although, hopefully we're all caught in one on Sunday. I'd like that to be a nice little visual, but we'll see what happens. Ray, do you think that the number one concern for the Steelers is keeping Brady off the field? Because I think that it's something you want to see happen, but I think the first thing that needs to happen is score points. If you score quickly, whatever, just score. Yeah, I mean, I think it's important to control the clock and to keep Tom Brady off the field, but I don't know if that's going to be a successful strategy if you're settling for Chris Boswell field goals. So I think it all comes down to, uh, you know, the red zone. And you look at the Patriots, they're 29th in the league in total defense. They give up more yards than almost any team in the league. But when it comes down to it, when you penetrate the 20-yard line, they're one of the best teams in the league in red zone defense. So uh, I think they're uh, a top-10 red zone defense team, something like number seven. They're really good once once you get down there. So, um, yeah, you got to control the ball, Adam. But um, like I said, it's, if Ben Roethlisberger isn't uh, punching that ball in the end zone with Antonio Brown and Le'Veon Bell and, you know, Chris Boswell is a factor in this game. I don't know if it's going to turn out well for the Steelers. Ray, the Steelers over the last four weeks have really been playing well offensively. I don't think it's any coincidence that we've seen Le'Veon Bell catch the ball 35 times as opposed to 40 in the first nine games. Why is it so critical to get him involved in the passing game? Well, it was critical against the Ravens because Juju Smith-Schuster was out. Um, and I, I know his, his receptions were up even when Juju was healthy. I don't expect that to to continue. Um, you're going to have Juju back this week. Um, you know, Eli's going to work in there. Martavis is going to work in there. I think eventually they're going to have to run the ball more than they did. I don't, you know, they, they were in a position on Sunday night against the Ravens where they had to pass. Um, 66 pass attempts is almost outrageous when you think about it. Um, so eventually they're going to get have, get back to more of a balance. Um, but you're right. I mean, Le'Veon Bell is one of the best um, receivers out of the backfield in the NFL, and they have to use him accordingly. I just don't think that it's a long-term recipe for success. Um, I think eventually they're going to get, have to get back to the running game. Um, but I look today, one more, you know, one more note about his, his ability out of the backfield. He's got 75 catches already. He set the team record with, I think, 83 a couple of years ago. The NFL record I don't know if he's going to get close to it. I think that's like 102, 103 by Matt Forte. But he's going to get that, that team record again. And it's just amazing because he really wasn't being used as a receiver early in the season, and he's just accumulated a bunch here in the last couple of weeks. He's just he's so, so effective as a runner and as a receiver. But like I said, I think eventually they got to get back to riding him on the ground a little bit. One of the best, Ray Fittipaldo, joining me here on the Crowley Show Ray, one of the things that I saw and read about from the Patriots' struggles in Miami is that Drake was motioned out from the backfield into some receiver routes, even going all the way out to the boundary. The Patriots were having to declare whether or not they're playing man coverage in those instances, and yet they got burned 
Is that something that you'd expect some of in this game? I like that idea, although your last answer kind of intimated that you're going to just see more of the Steelers doing what they do with Juju and with Antonio Brown. Yeah, I mean, listen, look at the, the, the game against the Ravens on Sunday night. They split Le'Veon Bell out. He ran a little slant like he was a, like he's been playing receiver his entire life, and, you know, he caught a touchdown. So, um, yeah, he's got that capability. And if they see a weakness in the Patriots' defense where that's going to work again, they're going to exploit it. But if you really look back on the season, Adam, that was really one of the first times we've seen Le'Veon split out and used as a wideout like that. Most of his receptions this season have come, you know, as a safety valve out of the backfield, running those little flat patterns, and, you know, he's he's a safety valve for for Ben. Um, I know they've used him as a receiver much more in the past, and they did it Sunday night against the Ravens. Um, They could do it again against the Patriots if if that's the way they can beat them, but that's really not – that hasn't been the – um, the recipe this season through the first, uh, you know, 13 weeks or so. What's the deal with Ben, man? Why is he playing this way when at the beginning of the season I thought he might never play this way again? You know, Adam, I, we all heard what Mike Tomlin and Todd Haley had to say in the first half of the season when the defense was playing lights out. They were really calling an offensive game structured around that defense. They They were, you know, admittedly conservative and you know, they were, you know, riding Le'Veon Bell. And, you know, Ben really wasn't in a rhythm. And it just seems like since Joe Hayden's been out of the lineup, and more recently with Ryan Shazier being out of the lineup, they've had to rely more on him to, to win football games. Um, they've needed big comebacks. I mean, they were down 11 against the Ravens, and um, he led them back. So I, I think with more responsibility, um, he's been able to get into more of a rhythm here and, yeah, I, I think he's definitely shouting down those those cries from earlier in the season that, that, that he was done. You know, after that Jacksonville game, that seemed like it was gloom and doom as far as his career was concerned. And if you look at the past month now, you can make an argument he's playing the best of any quarterback in the NFL. Yeah, I think so. Uh, and really, there's no doubt in my mind, Brady has, of course, had this tremendous season, but his last two games haven't been great. And if you had to say going into this game, maybe one team has the advantage based on the recent play, it would be the Steelers, but we all know that that's not the way it's going to go. Tom Brady's probably going to come in here and light the Steelers up. Certainly, if you look at what the Steelers' defense has done these last couple of weeks, Ray, what can be done? Do you think that they've got a plan now at inside linebacker after seeing the kind of Ferris wheel or the, the carnival ride going through there yesterday, or on Sunday, pardon me? Yeah, I mean, if you're Josh McDaniel and, you know, Bill Belichick trying to come up with a game plan for this, for this week, you almost have your pick of what you want to do, you know. When they beat the Steelers in the regular season last year, LeGarrette Blunt had 127 yards on the ground and, you know, it really wasn't Brady who, who sliced and diced them. Um, that changed in the AFC championship game, obviously. Um, you know, he, he did what he usually does against the Steelers. So, um, yeah, the Steelers got to get much better, not only, um, with their, with their run defense there, but, you know, the pass defense too. They've been giving up an average of over 260 yards per game without Joe Hayden. The good news is Joe Hayden was back at practice today. It was a little bit more of a walkthrough than a practice, very light workout. Um, he said he's going to test his, his leg, uh, Thursday and Friday and he's going to see how he feels. He said he wants to play, 
but I just get the feeling that uh, he might be a week or so away. Um, it would be asking an awful lot of a guy to to walk into such a high stakes game against Tom Brady after not playing for a month on a on a sore leg to, to you know to, to to be out there and to be effective. So he said he wants to play. We'll see how it goes later in the week. But um, you know if he could play and he's effective, that's going to be a great great advantage for the Steelers going into this game. No question about it. And I guess that leads perfectly to the next question, Ray, which is. Without him, do they have the ability to play man coverage? And if they do have him, how does that change things for the Steelers? Yeah, I mean, if, I mean, Joe Hayden, he, he played, he was exposed to man defense when, when he was in Cleveland. They played both, both man and zone. So he's familiar with it, even though they haven't done it a lot this season. So um, it would be huge, like I said. But, you know, the other thing was Cody Sensabaugh uh, suffered a shoulder injury. In that Ravens game, he did not practice today, even though it was a walkthrough. Um, so it was, you know, if, if, if Sensabaugh can't go, oh, and man. Joe Hayden can't go, then you're looking at playing, uh, rookie third round pick Cam Sutton, who's done okay. You know, he was in there for half the game, supporting reps with Sensabaugh, but there you go again, Adam, you know, exposing a rookie to an entire game, um, against Tom Brady when he wasn't even on the active roster a month ago. Um, you know, you could see how that might be, uh, you know, bad for the Steelers come Sunday night. Ray Fittipaldo of the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette joining me here on the Crowley Show. Ray, the Steelers haven't been getting the pressure that they got early on in the season, at least in my eyes. Now they have made plays at the critical moment of games, and I guess that's the most important thing. But so much talk about beating Brady is getting pressure, and you always hear up the middle. And I think the Steelers have the guys to do that, but... Is it just my eyes being wrong, or have the Steelers started to hit a little bit of a lull there? Yeah, a little bit. You know, TJ's watch sack late in that game was the only one they had um, against the Ravens, and you know, like you said, it was timely. Um, but they, they, you know, they're not piling up four or five sacks a game like they were early in the season. So, um, you know, we've discussed it before. They're dropping their outside linebackers into coverage more, and they are relying on guys like Hayward and Tuitt and Hargraves to, to get home a little bit more. Um, they're going to have to do it on Sunday. I mean, this, they're paying Cam Hayward and Stephon to a $10 million a year for games like this. You know, the number one seed in the AFC is on the line. This is a game where those guys have to get it done. I mean, it, it would be great if Watt and Bud Dupree and James Harrison can rush from the outside too. But like you said, the blueprint against Tom Brady is inside pressure up the middle. He doesn't like it. This is a game where Hayward and two would have to step up. What's your sense from a Steelers game plan standpoint on the defensive side of the ball? Do you think, and, and I we kind of got at it a little bit earlier, Ray, but do you think that they might try to go man uh, either way, even if Hayden and Sensabaugh are out, or is that too much to ask from that young group? You know, that's such an interesting question, Adam. I don't. I don't have a great feel for it early in the week. Like I said, today was just a walkthrough. And, um, yeah, you know, we, the thing that we know is they've talked the entire offseason about playing more man. The reason they haven't played man in the past was they didn't have the personnel to do it. So, in other words, they never felt like, you know, a guy like a Ross Cockrell or a Valentino Blake was adept enough at playing man coverage that they could get away with it against Tom Brady and be successful. Um, 
But now you have Joe Hayden. Now you invested a first-round pick in Artie Burns. Now you have a third-round pick in Cam Sutton, who is known for, you know, being a good man coverage guy and, you know, jumping, jumping balls and making plays. So it's going to be interesting to see. They have the personnel to do it this year. If Joe Hayden doesn't play, obviously it's not the ideal situation, but you can make an argument that, you know, hey, we'll throw Cam Sutton out there. We'll throw Artie Burns out there. If it doesn't work, We'll probably get another shot at them in January. So, um, you know, I probably speak for a lot of Steelers fans. I want to see something new. I don't want to see the same old zone and, you know, Tom Brady, um, you know, slicing and dicing them like, like he has in the past. Um, but it all comes down to who's available on Sunday. And right now, Cody Sensabaugh didn't practice on Wednesday. Joe Hayden was limited. we got to see where it goes the rest of the week. Last thing here for you, Ray. I'm looking out and seeing snow right now. It's December football. I'm fired up. What are the guys in the locker room thinking about this game? Mike Tomlin certainly hasn't been shy about the elephant in the room. Yeah, you know, I, I sense uh, like a quiet confidence around this team today. Um, you know, I'm walking around working on a bunch of different stories. I didn't ask those specific questions, but I just get the sense that, hey, you know, the Patriots are, are coming to Heinz Field. They're looking at it like this is our place. We're 11 and two. Um, we've been talking about this since the loss in the AFC Championship game. I think their their point to this game as sort of a pivotal game in the season for them. Like you know, the season's not going to be over if they lose. Adam will probably get another shot at them at the playoffs, but this game here is going to dictate where that game is played and the possible outcome of that game in January. So I, I think they're they're quietly confident about the game on Sunday, and they're all. You know, looking forward to uh, going out there and getting another shot at Tom Brady. Love the stuff, Ray. Really appreciate the time, as always. All right, Adam. Appreciate you having me on. We'll talk soon. There he goes, Ray Fittipaldo of the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. You guys, I've changed my tune big time when it comes to the importance of this game. I'll tell you why next. And how are the Steelers different than last year? It's the Crowley Show. Martavis Bryant has missed a lot of practices this year due to quote-unquote illness. Martavis Bryant was not at practice today, and the Steelers listed it as not injury-related. Now, before everyone jumps off a freaking cliff, Martavis Bryant this morning was sleeping in a hospital, the room of his girlfriend, So I think that would probably explain why Martavis Bryant did not practice today. It doesn't always have to be our worst thought. It doesn't always have to be, this guy's a terrible teammate. This guy's a leech. This guy's a terrible human. Maybe he's actually got something going on. And I realize that whenever you skip practices the way that he has throughout the season, that you don't get the benefit of the doubt. Believe me, I do. But... I don't feel comfortable crushing him whenever he was just with his girlfriend in the hospital. Something's going on there. I four one two nine two 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 eight seven four. Tweet me at underscore Adam Crowley. I can't wait for the reaction on that one. Well, Crowley, look, it's Patriots Week, man. That's got to be the priority. No, <laughs> it freaking doesn't. Family's always my priority, and then booze, and then my friends. In that cascading order. 
I know my place. And then work. <laughs> work is after booze. So are friends. Because frankly, anybody can be my friend if I have booze. Get a couple of cocktails in me, I'll talk your ear off. Just like you are, my friend. But let's take it a little easy on Martavis for this one. Juju will be back this week. Martavis is still, I think, critical to the game plan. I saw Colin Dunlap from the station across the street. He wrote a column saying, Martavis Bryant should not suit up this week. I mean, I like Colin. I really do. I think he does a good job. Isn't there enough material this week? You don't need that one. That's grasping for straws. And we don't need to grasp for straws right now. Not to mention, hello, Killer Bees. Can we finally have the freaking Killer Bees all play together against the New England Patriots? Like, you're going to break it up right now? Remember last year during the playoffs when Antonio Brown filmed the locker room afterwards and miraculously didn't catch any Steelers' penises in the Facebook Live video? And people afterwards were saying, man, I don't know what you do, but you got to reprimand him prior to the AFC Championship game. No! No! He didn't play in the divisional round the year before. The Steelers weren't able to advance to the championship game because of that. The Steelers haven't had these guys all together. Keep them together. There's no need to bench Bryant. He caught a couple of balls, picked up a couple of first downs. He's terrible on kick returns. We all have eyes. We all saw that, but don't sit him down. Maybe don't allow him to do that against the Patriots because they will expose it. But you need that deep threat. And I realize he hasn't been hit over the top all season long, really. But you still need that threat there. And if he's on the field with Brown and Juju, that's a lot to have to deal with with Le'Veon Bell in the backfield. Don't break it up just for the principle of it. We're past the point of principle at this point. Right now, it's whatever you do disciplinary-wise is cutting off your nose to spite your face. Keep the status quo. They put up almost 40 last week. They put up 40 a couple of weeks before that. They put up 31 against the Pack. Keep this offense the same. Doing anything else would just cause drama. Sitting him down would just cause drama. Is that what you want this week prior to the biggest game of the season? I teased going into the break that I changed my tune on something. I have. I said, eh, I wish the Steelers weren't playing the Patriots. Save all your tricks. Save all your goodies for the AFC Championship game. Save whatever element of surprise you have for that game. Well, now, I don't feel that way at all. Empty that chamber, yo. Because guess what? If the Patriots lose this game because of what happened to them in Miami, they might not get a bye. If Jacksonville wins out and they've got a very manageable schedule, and New England loses this game, then Jacksonville would get the second seed, meaning that New England would have to go on the road to Jacksonville if they won their first game. And that first game could be against Baltimore. Now, you've heard me say I'm not a big believer of Baltimore. I'm not. But you play them, they're a physical outfit. They bang you up a little bit. You play Jacksonville on the road, they're a very physical outfit. They beat you up a little bit. Then you go to Pittsburgh for the AFC Championship game. The Steelers should empty the tank now knowing that they can severely cripple the opportunity of the New England Patriots if they win this game. I said before, maybe you hold something back. Don't do that now. Let them have it. 
Because New England is far different when they're on the road in the playoffs than when they're at home. Last AFC Championship game they lost on the road. They've lost to the Colts. They've lost to the Broncos. They've lost on the road in the playoffs. They don't lose very often at home. They lost once to the Ravens. And that was the year that Baltimore was 10-6. and six, And eh, they weren't all that good. Or pardon me, the Ravens were 10. Uh, I did it twice. The Patriots were 10-6. and six. They weren't all that good that year. Fixed it. You put them on the road, they're different. And it's not just about the AFC Championship game anymore for me. It's making them play an extra game. Make Tom Brady's old-ass TB12 body go through the beating of that extra game. Then they're playing out the rest of the season, too, trying to fight for that seeding. Whereas, if they win this game, they can afford to slip up. They can sit a dude at some point. There's some sort of machinery going off in here. I'm a little bit nervous that the Texas Chainsaw Massacre dude's going to bust his ass in here. The hell is that? Now did Brian hit his head? If we go off the air, somebody call the authorities. I'm just kidding. Don't do that. I'll have Joe do it. Joe's in the next room. He would chop us up before he got to Joe. And Joe's fleet of foot. He'd be fine. I haven't seen Brian in a couple of minutes. Did you fix it? What was it? Yep. You have no idea what it was, do you? Yeah, the uh, hard drive on the computer was making noise. Did I kick it? Uh, no, you did not kick it. It wasn't even close to you. Um, just it hard drive it hard, hard drive out on you. Okay, yeah. very good. Yeah, it's all fixed. <sighs> I was nervous. Thought we were about to be murdered. Four one two nine two 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 eight seven four. Tweet me at underscore Adam Crowley. This game is more important than I thought it was. It's always been important. You'd rather play the Patriots at home in the AFC Championship game, but you beat them now that they lost to Miami. Guess what? Maybe they're not playing in the AFC Championship game. Empty the chamber. 412-922-2874. How about the Steelers last year versus the Steelers right now? There's not a doubt in my mind they're a better team. They're absolutely a better team. The Patriots are arguably worse than what they were last year. They don't have Dante Hightower. They don't have Edelman. Their right tackle is hurt. Plus Nate Solder, the left tackle, sucks right now. Sucks. He's terrible. Look at his pro football focus rating. It's bad. Watch him on tape. Bad. Tom Brady has been hit more this year and sacked more this year than Roethlisberger has any year since 2014. Ben used to be the guy who was getting his ass kicked all the time. Ben used to be the guy that at the end of the season you'd be like, oh my God. Get the $6 million man back here. Well, now it's Brady. Now Brady's getting abused. So they're worse. Brady's been under duress a lot more this season than he typically is. And think about how that changes things with what the Steelers now have this year as opposed to what they had when they played him in the AFC Championship game last year. Last year, Cam Hayward didn't play. Pretty big deal. Cam Hayward is the Steelers' leading sack artist. He blows up the run. He gets pressure up the middle. You need all those things whenever you're playing a team as good as the Patriots. Stephon Tuitt, this year playing at a very high level. Last year, he had a high ankle sprain. He was barely functional. He was just a guy, not close to 100%. The Steelers went into that game having to rely on Javon Hargrave to get pressure up the middle, and he was a rookie. He got Brady for the lone sack of the day. 
counting on a rookie to get it done against these guys ain't gonna happen. Not great. Now the Steelers have a much better front. They got some depth with the addition of Tyson Alualu. You're healthy Hayward. You're healthy to it. Last year it was Ricardo Matthews as the guy trying to create pressure. Yikes. Now it's going to be Cam, Stefan, and Hargrave up the middle. That's a lot better. Last year it was Ross Cockrell on the outside with Willie Gay and a rookie Artie Burns. Artie's another year older. Joe Hayden has been fabulous this year and could make his return. And Mike Hilton is a better player right now than William Gay was last year. That's not to say Gay hasn't had a good career. Better player this year than William Gay was last year. Not close. Add in the coverage ability of T.J. Watt. And you really got something here. Instead of James Harrison on the outside, you got Watt, who's getting pressure on the quarterback. But you can also use him in coverage a little bit. The Steelers are better prepared and better equipped to deal with New England. Now, the loss of Ryan Shazier is stupidly important. It's probably bigger than any of those changes. But if you can add the personnel that they added and only subtract one guy, I'm taking it. It sucks, no question. But up front, they're in a much better position to get pressure on the quarterback than they were last year. Last year, the Steelers had a lot of sacks, but they were bringing sons of bitches from everywhere. Guys from the secondary, everywhere. Now the Steelers are doing that, but they're also winning up front. Four on four. Or four on five. They're winning up front. And you can play man coverage if you're winning up front. So the Steelers are better equipped to deal with New England this year than they have been. As for the offense, I mentioned it before. Oh my god. They were dealing with Kobe Hamilton as their number two, maybe? Sammy Coates, DeMarcus Ayers, now they've got Juju and Martavis Bryant. They didn't have Le'Veon Bell, now they've got Le'Veon Bell. Kind of a big freaking deal. And then the first time they played New England, they didn't have all the killer bees together because they didn't have Ben Roethlisberger. That's pretty big. In fact, it's huge. This is a different team than the one New England saw last year. And despite the loss of Shazier, I'd say the Steelers would rather have Bell Juju, Martavis, then D'Angelo Williams, Kobe Hamilton, and Sammy Coates. Does it make you feel better? Sure makes me feel better. 412-922-2874. Tweet me at underscore Adam Crowley. We've got Sal in Virginia. Hello, Sal. Hey, Adam. How you doing, man? Listen, I, I totally agree with, you, with your way of thinking, man. I think, I think it's very important that they win this game because it's going to remove any doubt in their mind as to whether or not you know, they can beat this team. Uh, in the playoffs, I mean, you know, they're already going to be missing Shades here. It's probably, you know, who knows whether or not Hayden plays or not. But I think it's very important that they get this game from a from a psychological point of view. You know what I mean? I think that's a huge point, Sal, and it's something I really haven't addressed and was planning on doing it tomorrow. It's a really good thought. The Penguins when they played the Rangers a couple of years ago and forced Henrik Lundqvist to push the net off its moorings, they got under the Rangers' skin, but they proved to themselves they could beat the Rangers. They treated those Rangers teams like they were 90s Devils teams. They had so much freaking respect for them. And once they saw that they could beat them, once they saw that they could frazzle Lundqvist, they then were able to do that in the playoffs. Psychologically, this would be huge for the Steelers to say, finally, this is just another football team. Finally, we got over the hump against these guys. It's obviously important because you want them going on the road in the playoffs. 
It's important because you want home field advantage, but it is important, I think, mentally for the Steelers. I don't know if New England's going to really be affected if they lose this game from a mental side of things. I mean, they know they can win a championship, but for the Steelers, it is big. Up next, Terry Bradshaw's a little bitch. It's the Crowley Show.